Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have so much fun today because we're going to be talking about what happens if you are looking for a job, how to find your passion in your job. If you're in a job and you're going, eh, that's not good, right? You know, and so we're going to have so much fun talking with my guest today. So please join me in welcoming Kristen Zavo to our program today. Welcome, Kristen. How are you doing today? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for this conversation. Great, great. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you and then we'll dive into this. So Kristen Zavo is a career coach, keynote speaker, and author of the international bestseller, Job Joy, Your Guide to Success, meaning, and happiness in your career. In her coaching practice, she works to help high-achieving professionals land jobs, launch businesses, and build careers that they love. So again, Kristen, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Love it. I love it. Well, you know, I always like to ask my guests how they got to where they are today. So tell us a little bit about how you discovered that this is your passion in life, at least for now. Yeah, <laughs> at least for now, right? We reserve the right to change our minds. Right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, I got to this place, you know, like many of us, you know, mm-hmm. later in our career through my own experiences. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, before I launched my coaching practice, I had 15 plus years in traditional corporate roles. Yeah. I did investment banking. I did some teaching. I did um, consulting, marketing and strategy for Fortune 500 companies. And so I've had a, multiple careers, multiple jobs. And, you know, every time I went to change jobs, I was sure I knew why, right? It was, this isn't the job for me, or I should be promoted, or maybe, you know, this particular thing will make me happy, or maybe it was just a bad project. And what I realized, and this took me a while to realize, and I'd like to shortcut this for my clients, is the common denominator was me. (laughs) And (laughs) while all of that might have been true, right, the things that were were frustrating Mm -hmm. or upsetting, the fact of the matter is that, you know, I was choosing jobs for the wrong reasons. I wasn't choosing, you know, roles that were really aligned with who I was, with the life I wanted to live. I was more focused on, you know, the external factors were all you know, taught, right? Money, title, prestige. Um, And so that got me to a place where, you know, I I was able to play the game really well, Mm -hmm. right? And I suspect a lot of your listeners too, right? They're good girls. They know how to check the boxes. They know to play game, but Mm -hmm. I found myself in a very successful role, right? And my life from the outside looked great. I was living in New York City in a high-rise apartment. I was doing fancy things, talking to boards and reporting to CEOs as a a young person. Um, But the reality is is that I was the most unhappy I had ever been. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I looked around and it's like, I've done all the things. This is what I thought I wanted. Why Mm -hmm. am I 
unhappy. Right. And so it was that path, um, you know, which led me to change careers, to change mm-hmm. jobs, and, you know, ultimately to uncover the reasons I was unhappy. And then people started asking me, wait, how'd you do that? Can you help me? Right. Before I knew it, you know, what I thought was a corporate career change mm-hmm. really ended up being the start of my coaching mm-hmm. career. Right, right. Yeah, I remember years ago when I started my company, you know, I was the same same thing, a lot of those. And this one very wise person said, you know, you do an awful lot of things for free and for fun. Is there mm. a reason you don't want to get paid for them? Oh, <laughs> yes. And and same thing. People would say, hey, you know, can you help me with this? Can you, you know, and, and it was doing things like newsletters and marketing things for them. Sure, yeah. sure. You know, I was the perpetual volunteer. And 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 really it that's what it came down to was it was something I loved. So why not get paid for it? Yeah. And it's such a good example because, you know, when I was in consulting, I would for fun write for career blogs, you know, when Mm -hmm. blogs were like a new thing, Uh right. And I would do it for fun. And there was, there was no monetary thing. There was, it was just because I, you know, I wanted an outlet. I wanted to share, I wanted to help other women professionals. Um, And so looking back, I can see that as kind of like, duh, (laughs) you know, of course I ended up here. Right. Um, but at the time I was just doing what I loved. And so I think the point you bring up about why not do what you love, why not get paid for it, but also to look at the things that you're happy to do for right. free as perhaps evidence of what could be the next step, especially if you're feeling stuck and, and lacking clarity. Right, right. So when you work with people, you know, clearly they've come to you because they are thinking, hmm, we need to at least think about a change. But you know, what are really those signs? Because we're not going to like everything 100% of the time. You know, we don't bound out of bed every morning going, I'm going to go do it, whatever it is. Um, Oh, wait, you don't do that? (laughs) You know, and of course, I would bound out of bed and fall flat. You know, that would be me. Um, But, you know, but yeah, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we hope we're happy. We, you know, we hope we're, we're fulfilling things. And, you know, but in many cases, we're just kind of the drones, right? We've all been there, but you know, it's, it's, it ends up being a mix, right? You know, they're the, oh God, you know, I, you know, years ago, and I, I talked about this every once in a while on the program, the commercial for, I think it was Dunkin' Donuts. Little dude yeah. gets out of bed every morning at two, gotta make the donuts. Time to make the donuts. <laughs> yes. And, you know, and he'd slip himself off and, you know, and then the, yep. next, like, the next day, gotta make the donuts have days like that, you know, and and sometimes we might have weeks and months too, but you know, how, what are, what are things that, you know, are really key indicators to you that when someone says, Kristen, this just, what are the things that, that are like, okay, you need to give serious consideration to changing. Yeah. Well, there's so many, so many things. Um, you know, when we start to lose ourselves, we don't recognize ourselves anymore, okay. right? It's many times with career, you know, I work with such high achieving professionals, it's like they become their job, right. they are their job, everything is centered around that. Yeah, that's the identity. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we're taught. And that is, you know, that is the culture we're in, right? And that's what we're taught growing up. And that's right. certainly corporate culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we're so much more than our jobs, right? And so when we when we lose ourselves, when we don't recognize ourselves, when we you know are are really irritable, and by the time we get home, there's like nothing left because we've mm-hmm. had to have this 
face on, right? Which is a lot of work. It's a lot of energy and to put on a good face when you're miserable, right? Or you're tolerating. So I would say, number one, when you don't recognize yourself, um, your health is suffering, your relationships are suffering, your emotional well-being is suffering. You're someone who normally feels really confident and all of a sudden you're questioning everything, right? That's another piece that can show up. Um, you know, and, and when you find yourself, you know, continually putting off, oh, when this thing happens or when this thing happens, I'll be happy. Right. And I'm totally guilty of that. I would have told you in my twenties, you know, I'm working hard in my twenties, you know, and basically this, this is my partner in my twenties. And I was happy to dedicate that, but I didn't realize how unhealthy that was. Right. And if I could go back to my younger self, I would tell her, no, you'll actually be better at work. If you have you don't more need of a that title. <laughs> Don't be married to the job, right? And and spoiler alert, you're going to leave this industry anyway, right? Right. Um, <laughs> if only we could go back to our younger self. I know, I know, but then it wouldn't be fun, right? <laughs> right, right. It's the, that's the the journey of life. We don't know what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know, also when people are just really unfulfilled, and what's the point? Mm-hmm. And I want to make an impact, and and I do want to be happy every day. And you know, I know we we had a previous discussion where you know I said. I'm happy, I would say, in my work, 85% of the time. Mm-hmm. And and it's not that I'm unhappy. The other part, maybe that's mm-hmm. the 15% when there are things I have to do or, right. or challenges that come up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want people to be happy at, you know, at least 70% of their jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And when we're doing work that we're really aligned with and that really matters, and we're taking care of ourselves mm-hmm. and have a life outside of work, we're actually able to hold a lot more. Right. right. To to have that perspective. Um, I remember years ago, I read this blog post by Mark Manson and he talked about your shit sandwich. Have you heard of this? No. <laughs> and he was saying, no matter, even if you are in the perfect job, you have the perfect business, right? We all have a shit sandwich we need to eat. Maybe it's the admin email stuff we need. To I don't do. like invoicing, but I got right. the invoicing, mm-hmm. the, you know, whatever it is. But if you love your work and you are aligned with it, it's a lot easier to happily eat that sandwich, right? right. Versus it being one more thing you have mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so true. I mean, even things that, even tasks that I don't like to do, you know, I will make them sacred. I will put love into them. I will right. put intention into them. Mm-hmm. And and I'm really grateful that I'm, you know, in a position in my life where I can do that. Right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure that would have been back when I was in corporate. If I told them mm-hmm. I was putting love into the uh, marketing, I'm, they mm-hmm. probably would have looked at me like I was crazy but I totally do it as a business owner. And, and it is that perspective of, you know, I, I get to do this as opposed to have to do this. Um, Even on the things that you have to do, like I said, you know, invoicing is not my favorite thing in the world, but hello, if I don't do it, then I think money is a good thing though. (laughs) So, you know, the, the, the way to think about it is, you know, because I get to work with great people they get to pay me, um, you know, and, and, and so, you know, think of those things. And even if it's just, you know, I'm, I'm taking home a paycheck. And so then I'm able to care for my family, yeah. you know, that insurance, all of those things, because we're not just talking about business owners, we're talking about employees too, you know, and, and what, how can they put that, that, that's, I, I hate to use the word spin because that tends to be kind of a negative thing, but how do they think about it in ways where it's like, okay, I get to do this. Yeah, but you're, I mean, what you said, right, whether you call it spin, whether you call mm-hmm. it perspective, 
your perspective, the way you choose to see things, mm-hmm. which is absolutely in your control, right? We can make that shift right. in any moment. Mm-hmm. Our perspective absolutely mm-hmm. influences our experience of whatever's going on. Right. We can have the exact same experience, but if we're in the mode of, mm-hmm. hey, how exciting, look what I get to do versus, oh my goodness, I hate that I have to do this. It's a completely different shift, even if the reality is the same. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and a big part of it, especially when you're in a company, is the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, is there a culture there? And it's interesting. I've had several guests on recently where we were really been talking about the culture and how the leader at the mm-hmm. top is who sets that culture, you know, is, is he very family oriented? So therefore that's going to come down that, you know, everybody gets to spend time with their family, their families are priority, you know, all of those various things. And it's, it, it is very interesting when you work in a company, what their culture is. Um, you know, we've all seen, you know, the, 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 like the movies that are, and typically it's, I think, financial companies and yeah. attorneys, right? Where they're working 29 hours a day, you know, right? these <laughs> palatial houses, which I've never figured out, you know, how it is that they even know that they're there. But, um, you know, but they're, they're working and working and working and, and you know, or as, as you know, we, we call it working for the man, you know, yeah. but if, if they've got that culture and some people thrive on that, right? You know, they think that's, that's great, but that culture is what really sets the, the tone for how the employees are going to, you know, like stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, whether you're a business owner or you're working corporate, or maybe you're kind of straddling both. I I see a lot of, a lot of my entrepreneur clients, they do have either a part-time or full-time corporate job to really fund their mission, to fund their impact. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, culture is so important, right? And it takes time to think about, you know, who am I? What do I want? How do I want this, you know, corporate job to fit into my life? And some people just want to go to work, do their thing and leave, right? right? And And other people... Yeah. Yeah. And so you want to look for a company that will allow you to do that. Whereas other people, they do want to feel more of, I hate to, I hate to say it. I cringe when people say we're like a family, but like they do want to feel more of a community at work. Right. And, and many people that is, you know, a main social aspect for them. Right. Um, So yeah, culture, culture fit is huge. Yeah. You know, years ago I worked for an agency and, and it was, you know, typical agency. You never knew from 10 minutes to the next, what was going to happen. Um, oh. you're putting out fires, all these various things. <laughs> Sounds like consulting. The greatest thing in the world. Right. You know, because mm. I, you know, I, I thrived on that, on the energy and all of that. And, and this woman worked for us and that was not her thing. <laughs> she wanted to know what was on her schedule at three, nine, every afternoon. I mean, all of these things. And so she didn't last long with us, but that was just her. I mean, you know, she, for her to be happy, she needed to know what was going to happen, um, you know, and, and constant upheaval just, you know, and, and so she ended up going to work for a very large corporation that had the rules and she knew at 309 yeah. what she was doing every day. Um, you know, and, and, and I think that's one of the things that, that people, when they're looking for jobs, they need to look at that. You know, am I going to get that out of where I'm applying to work? Yeah. And you have to be honest with yourself. Sometimes that's the hardest thing, right? Like we think it says something about us if we can survive and thrive and really intense, you know, and we almost put it on as a badge of Mm -hmm. honor. But, you know, number one saying, is that who I am? Is it who I am now? Mm -hmm. Right. Because what excited me in my 20s and what I was willing to do in my 20s is very different than now. I'm I'm no longer willing to work an 80 hour week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and I don't need to, <laughs> right? But there was a time when I did do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so think, but being honest with yourself, that can be the hardest thing, right? right. And it can be mm-hmm. so hard to say this thing that I've been going after, this career that I've been investing in, it might not be the fit for me, whether it's a culture just at one company, whether it's the industry as a whole, right? That can be a really scary thing to do. And yet, no matter how old you are, whether you know, you're 30, you're 40, you're 50, we spend way too many hours at work mm-hmm. to stay stuck in something we know is not a fit simply because we don't want to make our past selves wrong or simply because we're right. afraid of what is this going to mean? Right. Right. Everything's going to change, mm-hmm. right? It's better to go through the discomfort Mm-hmm. Of saying, what do I want? What is success to me now? And going after it versus the discomfort for decades, depending on where you are in your career, of tolerating a situation right. that is mm-hmm. not a fit. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and expectations of everybody else is, you know, those those are so good and bad. Um, you know, I I I talk with a lot of people that they're they're like, well, but I, I spent all this time and money getting this degree. Yes. And, you know, or I'm supposed to take over the family business, or it was always expected that I would be the first one to graduate from college in my family. And they're like, I just want to be an auto mechanic. That's, you know, and, and, you know, and so that's where it gets hard too. So how do, you know, when you, when you talk with people and they're like, but everybody expects me to do X, Hmm. what do you tell them? Well, this is a topic that comes up with all my clients, whether they're corporate, whether they're entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I literally, like in my programs, I have a training Ah. called Other People's Expectations. (laughs) I love it. How how to handle it, right? Um, You know, and I think, you know, some of it is is really coming to terms with the fact is, and this takes takes maturity, this takes courage Mm -hmm. to realize you have one life. Right. And, you know, some people, they're, as terrible as it sounds, they're waiting for, you know, someone to die before they can go after their dreams. Like, oh my God, no, right. <laughs> we have, we have one life and it's our responsibility. And on, on some hand, sometimes it seems like it's so long, but the truth is it's going to happen like this. And really even just a simple exercise, thinking of older you, thinking of you plus 20 or 30 years. Right. And what advice would she give you? What mm-hmm. would make her proud? right? Mm-hmm. At the end of your days, are you going to be happy? And we know the answer to this, right? But are you going to be happy that you lived your life in order to not rock the boat or in order to keep someone else comfortable, right? And and it's a really sobering thought when we think about ourselves on our deathbed. But, you know, and I'm thinking of that Steve Jobs uh, commencement speech from forever. Right. Mm-hmm. It's become a classic, right? And he says, you know, the fear of death is is actually one of the biggest gifts mm-hmm. because it shows us we have nothing to lose, mm-hmm. right? And it's yeah. one of the things. So, you know, there's there's a maturity, there's a confidence coming here. There's a, you know, not going from zero to a hundred little by little, right? Really on un- peeling the onion and and before we even make any moves, figuring out who am I actually and what do I actually mm-hmm. want? Mm-hmm. And we can take baby steps there. We don't, we don't need to go. We're not saying go into your job and quit tomorrow. No. no. <laughs> Although if you want to, I'll help you with that. But yeah. no, we're, we're not. Mm-hmm. Right. And is it going to be uncomfortable, right? You know, as we're changing, because then our relationships are going to change. Absolutely. But it is so worth it. And you have to ask yourself, would, would I rather pretend to be someone else in order to keep love, mm-hmm. right? Or acceptance or mm-hmm. validation mm-hmm. that is based on not even who I truly am, mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah. Or do yeah. I want to take the risk mm-hmm. to go after what I want, you know, and trust that the people who matter, they're going to come along with me. Right. And if they don't, well, then that's a different situation. You yeah, know, and you, and you are protecting yeah. a fake relationship. You know, you look at, especially the people who, um, make so much money, you know, and, and, you know, one of the biggest things that, that we all keep hearing about is Tom Brady and Giselle, and I can never say her last name. Um, you know, who, you know had, who she is. <laughs> gorgeous woman, right. Yes. Who had 700 and some million dollars, the perfect children, the perfect life, you know, and, and all of these things. And, you know, and, and, and they both had these very different expectations of what was going forward. Now, you know, you can't tell me that they didn't know, you know, it wasn't that they both woke up one day and went, hmm. you know, and, and, but it was, you know, the, the expectations that they had put on each other and, and on themselves. I mean, you know, that was the thing when, when Tom Brady quit, he was like, that wasn't really what I wanted to do. You know, he mm-hmm. quit for the wrong mm-hmm. reasons. Um, yeah. when, and, but then, you know, when, when they were talking about the divorce, when she just said, you know, all I wanted was him home, mm-hmm. you know, you, you really do have to think now, granted, they had all that money, um, you know, and, and, but then when things changed, it, it wasn't going to work out. And, and we see that, whether it's somebody that, you know, is making millions of dollars or, you know, whatever. Yeah. When they change, it was like, wait a minute, you're, you're, and, and of course we see that frequently with, when people retire. Um, yeah. It's like, now, who are you? what are you doing in my kitchen? <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's so true. And, and the fact is, you know, and I, I, I of course don't know the intimate details of their relationship, but, you know, I would assume that they had best of intentions from the beginning. I would assume he believed that he wanted to retire. I bet you there's a lot of, you know, obviously his identity is wrapped up in that, you know, who is he without football, right? Does doesn't take a psychologist to, yeah. to know that. We, we lose who we are. Yes, we lose who we are. And that's such a big part of his identity, right? At some point, he's going to have to retire. And at some point, he's going to have to figure out who am I without football, right? right? And maybe not. Maybe he'll go on to to host the TV shows until the day he dies. You know, he'll be like Troy Aikman, right? I think he's still. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was who I followed as a kid. Number eight, Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) that's where my football my football history um but um yeah yeah and you know same thing for her and and they're allowed to change their minds and it doesn't and i'm more talking general now Mm -hmm. right if if you do change your mind we're all allowed to do that and Mm -hmm. if that changes some relationships that's okay but it's realigning to what is actually in the best interest of everyone Mm -hmm. no one to be with a martyr who's living their life or not going after their dreams in order to stay in the relationship, that doesn't feel good on either side, even if you think that's what you want, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and and we're certainly not saying be selfish, you know, and and only be thinking of yourself because especially if you are married and have kids and, and all of these, you know, it could be that you have to have that nine to five job in order to to do the other things that that you want to do. Um, you know, and and but it's it's all about, you know, Figuring, figuring those things out and, and knowing, okay, I'm doing this so that I can do that, you know, and, and making that choice. You know, that is, you know, you've, you've said that before, you know, making those decisions and those choices as opposed to being forced into it. Yeah. And then it, it changes from, for example, if you're doing a job that's not your dream job, that job is instead of being a sacrifice, right? It is actually in devotion to the bigger dream. And that's another kind of mindset shift you know, that, that we talk about, 
Also, you know, to your point about, you know, needing to compromise, I really do believe if we can all be open in relationship that there is a possibility of win-win for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we do choose what's right for us, mm-hmm. I do believe it has. And when I say right, I don't mean what ego wants. Right. I mean mm-hmm. What is aligned with our strengths, with our passions, mm-hmm. with our soul's desire for our experience on earth. Mm-hmm. When we choose that, I, I really believe it benefits everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, because part of it is, especially if you have kids, what example are you setting for them? Yes. You know, yeah. and, and, you know, are you the, the person that, you know, works every day, 10 hour days, comes home, is so tired, you can't function. You know, you're, I, and I had a guest, we were talking about this, where he said, you know, he, his, his dad was very, very busy. He was, you know, an athletic director and a coach and, and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so even when he was able to spend time with his son, he wasn't spending time with his son because he was so committed to that career. And he said it wasn't until, you know, it, it, long after his dad had retired that he, he realized how much he had screwed up. He said, because I missed all of those things, um, you know, and, and but but he was still doing his passion. So, I mean, that's the, the tricky part in all of this. Yeah, well, it's it's priorities, right? And and we're whole human beings. Our work is just one piece of our impact. It's right. just one piece of our life. And we get to see, you know, not just what is my passion in general, but what are my priorities in this mm-hmm. season of life? And again, really being open to the possibility, like, I really do believe we can have it all. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know people say you can't have it all. If, if hey. you have a good family life, you know, I, I really believe we can have it all. It requires us to be open. It requires us to be open to different possibilities, maybe things looking a little different, but we can absolutely be passionate about our work and also have plenty of time for family. Like right. I, I've helped my clients get there. So it's, it's absolutely, it's just, we have this, like, it's, it's drilled into us that we have to choose. Right. And especially right. as women, we know. right. Right. Yeah. As women, we have to choose career or family, right? And, and we don't. We get to have it all. And it might look a little different. But what I love about the way the the workforce is changing is that mm-hmm. things are starting to look different. And everything mm-hmm. is not just this typical put on a suit and go to work from nine to five like it was you know, a couple decades ago. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's talk more about that because the workforce has changed. Um, you know, in, in the last two and a half years, we have seen some very drastic changes and, and, you know, not, not only here in the United States, but around the world, but, you know, here in the States, I think we're probably kind of leading this whole remote work thing. Um, you know, and, and it's, it was really interesting you know, when this first happened and they said, oh, you know, it will be back to normal before too long. And we A all couple went, months. <laughs> I read, and we all went, yeah, right. Mm-hmm, no. Um, and, you know, and, and so some people were, you know, people, companies, all that were a little slow to adapt because we're thinking, okay, well, you know, if we're going to have a remote workforce, that's going to be a lot of equipment that they have to have. Um, you know, I was talking to one person who four months into the pandemic still did not have a chair for her oh, desk. Um, now, part of that was the whole supply chain issue, right? You know, people were making desks out of, you know, doors and, and all sorts of things, but um you know, and, and <clears throat> once they figured out this is working, I think that was a huge shift, um, you know, and, and so that's, I think that's, that's, and, it's, and like you said, especially for women, you know, because we can be home, we can be with the kids, you know, we can be doing all of these things and still be whatever role that we're wanting at work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So 
It, it has to, and it should. And I, I think that that was the direction we were headed anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pandemic. Oh, more and more people who would say, I'm not working on Friday. You know, they negotiate that in there, all those things. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the pandemic definitely supercharged the path that we were already on. Um, I mean, so many companies saw that people could be just as, if not more productive at home. And that's not for everybody, but for someone who, you know, and they, when they show the studies, right, obviously if you're, if you were taking care of kids and you were homeschooling in addition to your job, like a lot of women were doing, mm-hmm. uh, plus holding the emotional space, right? right. I mean, as women, mm-hmm. we do so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but if someone is able to focus on their job, they actually get so much more done in such less time because you're not being interrupted all the time. So we saw, you know, for and this is for your typical remote jobs, right? I'm not, or your typical corporate jobs. I'm not talking about someone who's working in a hospital mm-hmm. or right. yeah, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. But, you know, we saw that so many of us could work remote and now, right, we're seeing the tide kind of turn and there's this resistance between employees who are like, hey, if I could do my job at home, why do I have to come back in? And then you have these executives, right, who want people in the office 100% of the time. And it's this old school mentality. If I don't see you, you're probably not working, right? Assuming that the last two and a half years. And so (laughs) I always I like that. I'm like, so has it not been working? Well, no. It's been working. So it's going to stop working. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's a control thing. It's an old school thing. Um, And I even, I'm not sure how much I buy into this, but there's some truth to this. I could tell you as a a former consultant, Mm -hmm. you know, I saw, I saw this little video and it's like the men at the top who want everyone to come back into the office is because they don't want to be at home. Right. Yeah. Right. And and I can tell you in consulting, so many of the the men who lasted a really long time, they like to be on the road because they didn't, they wanted the wife and the kids and all the good stuff on the weekend, but they didn't want to deal with the messy day to day. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not saying that's a big thing, but I think we have kind of that old school structure in place. And so there's a lot of tension and the the solution is supposed to be this hybrid uh, thing, which, you know, on some accounts seems to be working well, but I've also seen other accounts that hybrid is actually more confusing than just remote. You need is somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, the frustration of people like, you know, getting ready in the morning, commuting, they come into the office and then they're on Zoom calls all day. And it's like, mm-hmm. I could have done this at home. And by the way, got shoes on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and actually have gotten in my workout rather than commuting. Right. Um, and so I think that's going to be a, a struggle for a little bit until things settle down for sure. Mm-hmm. Some companies are definitely realizing the power of remote and it helps them. They're mm-hmm. saving money. There's mm-hmm. more productivity. They have more they access. Get workforce from around the world. That's what I was just going to say. They have access to workforce around the world. They're not stuck just with people who can drive in. Um, so there's so many positives. It's an, another thing with the economy going down They're They're able to offer remote work as a, um, as a benefit instead right. of giving mm-hmm. people promotions mm-hmm. or raises. So it's like another perk that doesn't cost mm-hmm. them anything. So there's a lot of positive here. Um, but we're, you know, we're in the middle, we're in the messy middle, we're in the tension where we'll have to see, right. Who, who's going to give in first, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> the employees who aren't going to go in. Who was it? Amazon, wasn't it? Who said yep. everybody's coming back in and they all went, oh, okay, no. <laughs> yeah. 
And you know, and, and then they went, oh, okay. Well, let's let's see how we can make this work. Um, yeah. But you know, and, and I don't know what's going on at Twitter. Yeah, you know, who knows? I don't think they. Well, they clearly don't know either. But it um, is it is insane that the whole the whole Twitter fiasco actually launched a, a new series for me. I'm doing a "You're Fired oh, Now What" series, right? Because it's just it's insane, right? Yeah, you know, and 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 I think. In in some ways, a lot of this, you know, I hate to say this, but I think some of it is generational. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm I'm at the very end, very very end of the baby boomers, which you know, a baby boomer got got a job, had the same job, and retired. Right? That was. And then, wait, let's add in the pension and the fancy yeah. watch at the end. Oh yeah, yeah, and and which was like gold plated, and you know, turned your arm green. Um, you know, and so, you know, and then, you know, the, the generation, so then we raised this group to not do that. Yeah. And it's really funny because I love it when people fuss and say, oh, we don't like millennials. I'm like, I'm sorry, but you raised them. I, you know, and, and but we raised them to expect more, and, you know, and, and I think that's the thing. And then, and then, you know, we've got the, the Z's now we got Gen Z, the yeah. that are there. Um, we've run out of alphabet. I don't know what's happening. Um, what's going to happen after Gen Z? I know. Can we go back to A? A? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, they have such a totally different thought process, um, you know, and, and part of it is they're not thinking, hey, I want to work for X number of years and get that pension and get that gold watch. I want to be able to, to take time off and enjoy time with friends and family and, you know, not be so stressed, but I, and, and work remotely. And, and that I think is probably one of the biggest challenges because, you know, the, the people in charge are still us old fogies who were like, no, you have to come into the office. I have to know what you're doing. And, you know, and, and everybody's like, nah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting um, because now, you know, young professionals, they're more interested in their experience versus, mm-hmm. you know, the old school ways. I'm going to build a resume. I'm going to, you know, have, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. And now people are like, what is going to be an experience? What's really going to add? And so maybe I'll work in a startup. Maybe I'll take a lateral position and, you know, work abroad. Right. And so it's more about collecting experiences, both at work and outside of work versus just building a very hierarchical type resume, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting. And this follows even what people like, right? The older generation collected things. We Mm -hmm. need the house. We need the picket fence. We need the nice Mm -hmm. car. We're competing with the Joneses and this generation, tiny homes, (laughs) right? Right. And this generation, yes, they've got the tiny homes, but they have the epic photo shoots in Bali. Right. Right. And we're like, okay, I'll watch it on TV. Bali? <laughs> I'm not in Gen Z. I'm a, a elder millennial, but I'm definitely more about the experiences myself than the you stuff. Know, and and I think that comes back to what we were saying with you need to experience life, you know, and and um, you know, and 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 I certainly discovered that when I was was ill because it was like, okay, is this what I'm doing? You know, if I die tomorrow, is this really what I want to have? What a wake up call! Yeah, you know, and and so. You know, it's it is, but yeah, we've we've got this whole group, it, which is now bigger, obviously, than than you know anybody that are saying, nah, this is this is different. We're going to work differently, and COVID, as you said, you know, the pandemic just fast forwarded that by a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I, I, I think of course there's good and there's bad, but I, I would say overall, I think it's for the positive, you know, and even companies are starting to, you know, put more emphasis on wellness mm-hmm. um, and on seeing their employees as humans. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's also more opportunities for gig work and freelance work, which allows people to have more flexibility. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think overall, right. More options, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, I think it's overall good for everybody involved, right? right? Even though we're 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 still we're still figuring things out yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That'll probably be for a few years, but I, I think we will settle on our new normal right. fairly soon. Yeah, you know, and and what I love is that there's still some traditional stuff that's in there. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, it, it was funny we were talking before the program. You know, one of the things that is for me at least, and maybe this is my generation. LinkedIn, you know, you've got to have, you're in the job market, you know, and, and I know you do a lot of LinkedIn training and, and working with people, you've got a giveaway on your website. Um, yep. You know, it is still the way to, to be. And it's funny, I was contacted several months ago. I went to the University of Colorado, still very involved, even though we we live in Atlanta. And one of the football coaches texted me. And my first thought was spam, <laughs> right? You know, and then I realized, oh, wait, no, this really is, you know, and, and, and he said that they had a recent graduate who from their football program, um, who lived in Atlanta. And would I be willing to talk with him? Oh, how much fun. I know. Yeah. You know and, and so he actually was a six-year student because COVID and red shirting. And, you know, when you're an athlete, things sometimes work out. So he has two degrees um, because he got one from Colorado. And then he got a, a master's degree from Tulane. You know, big dude, football player, all of those things. I love looking at his LinkedIn profile because it was his football headshot. I mean, all these yeah. things. Um, and, but when I contacted him, what he tells me is now he's 23, 23 years old. So he's a baby. Yeah. I have, he said, I have got to make my LinkedIn profile the best it can be because I have to build my network. And ah, oh, so good. Come from, um, you know, and, and it has been such a delight to work with him. And what I realized is he's not an anomaly. You know, now part of it was they were, you know, obviously kind of taught that through their their education or through through you know the the football program. And he said, yeah, we had people who came in and worked with us on LinkedIn. I'm like, yeah, the football program. Um, but but yeah, he you know he his thing was I've got to build my network. He said, yes, I still hope to play professional football. And he said, but I at some point and probably the pretty near future, I can't do that. And so it has been so much fun to work with him. To see what, you know, and, and and his big thing is, what is he going to enjoy? But he also said, you know, it was tricky because he had that whole expectation thing, right? From mm-hmm. He started playing football competitively. I don't know how you do this. When he was four. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You're the itty bitty little guy. You know, and, and, and so he, there was always that expectation. And nobody ever really talked to him about what do you want to do when you can't do that? Mm. And, you know, and, and so it's been, it's been such a delight working with him to kind of see him, you mentioned it before, peel back those layers of that onion. What is he going to like? And, and it's just been so much fun working with this young man. Yeah. And how beautiful that he's doing this work now. I know. I mean, I didn't really start. I followed the path. (laughs) 
<laughs> that, yeah. that I learned, degree, right? You made the donuts. You, <laughs> yep, I, I, I did all the things, right? And so it really took me until, you know, until 30, my low 30s to really start looking at things. And, and by the way, at 30, I thought it was too late. <laughs> it's never too late. If you get right. nothing from, from this conversation yeah. today, it's never you too change late. careers when you're uh, my age and we won't say what that is. <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, I that's what I was going to say. You know, I work with people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. Mm-hmm. And so many of them are just getting to the work now. And so, you know, how lucky that this young man is is doing this now, right? Versus waiting. And, and, and I do trust that all of our paths are, are exactly where we need to be at the time, you know, that we are. But, um, you know, that's a really special gift you're able to support him with. Okay. You know, and, and one of the things that he was talking about was he wants to, you know, he's thinking about real estate. And, and, you know, and so I've, I've interviewed some people on the program. I connected in with several people, but now 23, he has told me, he said, what I want to do is I want to start a program like this, that I go into the colleges Mm -hmm. and I tell them, this is an option that you have. Um, And he said, working, working with recent graduates, he said, because, you know, they had people who came in and I'm, I'm sure it's this way with any, especially in sports at the big schools. He said, you know, they came in and they talked to us and they gave seminars. He said, but it's at eight, nine o'clock at night. We've done everything that we have done throughout the day. He said, we started practice at 6 a.m. He said, eight o'clock at night. House. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And he said, so, you know, he wants to work with those kids right after they get out of college to say, okay, here's options that you have, Um, you know, and, and I mean, I just, the fact that he was wanting to take on that mentor role was just so fun to see. Yeah, yeah, it's it's beautiful. And so many of us end up in the jobs we're in because of our own experience, right? And because mm-hmm. of something that we found missing. I mean, I I wish I had the job to I plan when I was 30 and had a mental breakdown. What am I going to do with my life? And it's too late. I'm going to be stuck in finance forever. Yeah. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. Where was I then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, hey. You know, and one of the things, you know, especially with remote, I think so many people are saying, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm I am going to do remote. And that is very different from five years ago, even though, you know, we had people who said, I'm only going to work every other Friday in the office, all those things. You know, this 100% remote or at least the hybrid. How has that changed the job search? So it's changed the job search in, in a lot of ways, you know, looking for a remote job right now, while we're kind of in the messy middle, while companies are figuring it out, while employees are figuring it out, it's it's a different path. So some of the basics are the same. Um, but getting a remote job, you know, imagine if you're hiring someone who you don't have experience with, that is different than having work with someone in an office, mm-hmm. then the pandemic happens. And now you're working remote, you know, them, you know, yeah, you know, them, you, yeah, you know, their work products, had coffee. Yeah. Yes, all of those things. And so now companies are put in a position where if they're hiring remote, they're hiring people that they don't have that proof from yet, mm-hmm. that they don't have the trust with yet. And so there are a lot of things that we need to do to build the trust along the way. So many remote jobs are not going to be on job boards. Now, there are job boards that are specific just mm-hmm. to remote jobs, of course, but many of them aren't going to be put on job boards because they don't want the influx of a million people applying right. who mm-hmm. shouldn't be applying at all. So there's going to be more emphasis. There is more emphasis on referrals. A lot of people are getting these remote jobs by starting with a contract role. 
Okay. So it's kind of like a, a you know, test it out, make yeah, sure right. that it works. Almost a temp job type of thing. Yeah, like a temp, a temp mm-hmm. to full-time job. And I know that can be frustrating as a job seeker when you just want to get your benefits and you want to have the guarantee mm-hmm. of full-time. Um, but you have to remember, not only is it just part of the game and building trust, but you get to test out if you like working with them too, mm-hmm. right? And so the path can be different in that way. Um, you really have to show that you can handle the tech. So if you are getting on an interview for a remote job, mm-hmm. and you don't know how to turn on your video, right? Right. Or you your didn't camera's not that video. up right. You know, right. Or your ear, I'm not going to like that. <laughs> Exactly. Or if like, you know, children are running around in the background or you, you know, there's, you have to show that you're able to communicate well and, and easefully mm-hmm. when you're remote, you have to, you know, it's also important to show you have a dedicated workspace. Mm-hmm. Um, when they see you at your kitchen table, they're going to be worried. You're going to be distracted all day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's important to, you know, show that you're self-motivated and have proof of that. So have stories, maybe in the pandemic, you did have to work remote. Maybe there was a period where you had a project and, and for whatever reason you weren't in the office, but really proving that you're self-motivated, you're able to use the tech, you're able to communicate that way and collaborate that way and have examples, have stories of this, um, you know, and really show up, show up well on camera in your interviews, right? Mm-hmm. right. Because if you're, and it's not just communicating like verbally and can I get in touch with you and do I know how to use the tech, but can they feel you through the camera, right? And so many of us, we get on camera and we're like awkward like, and we're stiff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or, or we don't know how to share a screen or when we do our, our job applications are up, right? We, mm-hmm. we see all that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that would be another thing. Also, it is more competition to our point earlier, right? When companies are able to hire remote, they don't have to stick with one city. So there is going to be more competition. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that is as a job seeker, you have more opportunity. You mm-hmm. are not stuck mm-hmm. with one area. So mm-hmm. this is important in any job search, but especially if you're looking remote, right? You have to really think about how am I going to stand out? How am I going to position myself? How am I going to connect in a way um, so that I don't blend in with all the other job seekers, right? right? That's you also know, just and, changes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I love, you know, I love that we do have these options. And, and of course, I say this as you and I are both in remote locations. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, and, and which is just absolutely hilarious. I mean, you know, I'm actually on a working vacation. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, you are working remotely. We're about as far apart as you can get. We're on either yes, coast. We are. <laughs> um, you know, and so, you know, aside from, I never know what time it is in, in some of these places, but it's, it, you know, as long as you've got, and it's, it's basic tech, right? And, you know, it's in some cases, it doesn't have to be all that complicated, but you have to show that you've got that grasp, um, you know, and, and, but part of it too is, you know, like you said, we can be in all these different places. I was talking with, uh, well, I interviewed somebody for the podcast the other day in Australia. And I happened to say, you know, what time was it? And he said, midnight. I'm like, oh, and he said, no, most of my clients are in the U.S. And so I work nights, um, you know, and, and so that's, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, I mean, that gives you the flexibility as an employee or even a business owner, consultant, you know, whatever you're doing. To be able to do that and say, you know, I'm, you know, as wherever I have internet access, right? That's pretty yeah. much the, the goal anymore. All I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we can do this. Now, is it a challenge? Yes. You know, trying to respond to emails on my phone doesn't always work. Um, you know, yeah. and, and so, you know, if, if you're, that is again, part of the challenge of 
the job. I mean, you know, if you are, if you are, you know, an employee or, you know, consultant, whatever, and, and, you know, you do have difficulty doing that, you've got to change it really fast. Um, You know, I can tell my clients, hey, I'm working remotely this week, because they know next week, it will be fixed. But if it was I'm working remotely, and you might get it, or you might not, (laughs) you know, that's not going to work. Yeah, of course, it's not going to work. And you need to figure out what works with you. So maybe, you know, you don't, there are certain things that I don't do on my phone, even though technically I could. And that's because it's annoying. It's Mm -hmm. tedious. I don't like looking Mm -hmm. at the small screen. And so I just hold off till I have my laptop in front of me. Um, And I will say I was trained. I was thinking about this the other day, being a consultant where all you have is your laptop and you're Mm -hmm. working in airports and you're working in a busy conference room. I feel like that was training for me for remote work because yeah. I don't need like a big screen. I don't need like the big mainframe mm-hmm. computer. And I think I'm I'm lucky in that way because from the beginning before it was a thing, you know, I I was essentially working remote because I was traveling every week to go to the client site, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, and how much work I got done on the plane, right? <laughs> Before hey, Wi-Fi, he could not be disturbed. Like, that's always yeah, the but he could not be disturbed. That was so good. <laughs> not yeah. anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it is you know making that investment, whether you're the employee, whether you're the business owner, you know, just to make sure you've got you know the the little basics. Um, yeah, and practicing you know. beforehand, right? Like if you always use Zoom and you're going to be interviewed on Teams, download Teams, practice mm-hmm. with someone. Yep. Um, you know, doing a tech check. Oh, the day before, letting your computer do its updates so it doesn't, in the middle of your interview, decide mm-hmm. it's going to shut down. Um, That's always and, fun, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then always having a backup plan because stuff happens, right? right. The first time you and I tried to tape this, this is part, this is take two. <laughs> this is take two. But being able to be flexible there, and if we had a meeting where it was very time sensitive, we could have gotten on the phone, right. or we could have, you know, mm-hmm. tried another another app. Um, so that's another thing, you know, back to like the things you need to show that you're able to handle as a remote worker, that you are able to be flexible, that mm-hmm. you're not going to have a meltdown because, you know, Zoom is broken mm-hmm. or because the Wi-Fi is there, right? If you, if you have a Wi-Fi issue, you get on phone data, right? There, are, These are all things that we can mm-hmm. fix and we can get mm-hmm. ahead of. And it's, we're all learning, mm-hmm. right? right? Yeah. And, and yes, it is a little bit more difficult for some people you know, for whatever reason, and, you know, age <clears throat> is one of those issues, you know, but if we can, you know, I tell people, my mom is 90, and she is on Facebook every day. Oh, you know? <laughs> uh, and so, you know, anybody who tells me, oh, I'm too old. No, uh-uh. you know, there's, well, there's just you're not interested in learning. And if you're not interested in learning, just admit that. And then find a job where you don't need to learn that this also comes back to like, just being really honest with ourselves and there's no judgment if you you know and and you know i my my parents are retired but i know you know towards the end my dad was like i don't like zoom mm-hmm. that's okay if you you know from from my perspective of course i'm on zoom all day i'm like this is easy mm-hmm. and the opportunities and you could consult and all this but if he doesn't like zoom if he's not willing to learn if he's not interested there's nothing wrong with that Mm-hmm. You just focus on opportunities where it is a fit. And this comes back to alignment in so many ways. Right. You know, and, yeah. and and it is, as you said, it's about being honest with yourself and saying, okay, I know I'm going to have to do a Zoom meeting every morning with my boss for 15 minutes. Yeah. I got to get used to that. 
Yeah. You know, and, and so then you have, you know, a, a, a background or whatever, you know, and, and, and that has, that has obviously evolved. I've, I love the, the backgrounds of things, um, you know, but we've also gotten more tolerant, right? The, mm-hmm. If the cat goes wandering through, the cat goes wandering through. Um, I did a podcast, you know, a, a while ago and, and it was funny because I could see that my guest, he's looking off, you know, oh, and, no. and you could see something is happening. But, you know, because he was, you know, you know, and about that point, over top of the computer came a cat. (laughs) It's pretty kind of fun when that happens, by the way. Zilla that just came over. And then I didn't know if I, he said, because if I, if I went to hit him, he was going to knock the computer over. And we just thought that was the funniest thing in the world. Um, I had a guest at the start of the pandemic that he was at his kitchen table. He did not have a space to, that was dedicated. And so, you know, I'm interviewing him and we're having a great time and his kitchen is right behind him. And uh-huh. very quietly, his teenage son comes bebopping in, doesn't uh-huh. stop, makes his sandwich, <laughs> it goes out and goes. <laughs> that is so cute. You know, and could we have stopped? Sure. But, you know, these things, I actually see them as, as humanizing people. We are, we are not human doers. We are human beings. Mm -hmm. We all have, you know, lives outside. And Mm -hmm. I actually, on, on one hand, yes, it's important, especially if you're interviewing to show your profession. If you're interviewing for a job, that's very different. Mm -hmm. But, but at the same time, right, we are humans with different Mm -hmm. lives. I I will say your example um, was very PG. It's reminding me of one that's making the rounds on Instagram. Have you yeah, seen this one? She's like on the news. I've seen some people in bathrobes. <laughs> and her husband goes by and he's naked. And oh. she like, she she like pauses and she, and there's like nothing she could do. And then he walks out of screaming. And this is on TV. Oh. Right? This, it's, it's too late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to tell your people, no walking around naked. No, right? no. Leave up a side. <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, and that's the thing is, you know, when, like when I'm recording, when I'm home recording, I have a sign that goes out. So, you know, it's, it actually says on the air, like, you know, if we were in a real radio station, um, you know, and, and so you can, you, you set those expectations to the kids, to, you know, whoever, you know, unless you are bleeding, you don't knock, um, you know, and, but, and there are other things, you know, I was, somebody was telling me the other day, they were talking with this person and it was very professional, you know, and, and it was one of these and and their background was very professional. And for some reason they stood up and they were naked. Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) We all laugh that, you know, we wear shorts now when we're doing all of these, you know, and we were like, okay. Um, And so I tell people, Wear pants, pants, wear pants. You never know when you might have to get up. (laughs) Yes. Um, But you're right. It does humanize us. And I think that's part of this is because we're not able to see people where you can touch them. You know, we're face to face. But, you know, if you can't you know, be somewhere where you can truly reach out to them, you know, these things help make us human. And so you see, you know, the pictures in the background of, you know, the kids soccer or, or whatever it is. And it just lets us, it lets us connect on, on those levels that we need to connect on to really work together. Yeah. I I like that part. That's a nice change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I love it. Well, oh my gosh, Kristen, we've only got about five minutes left and this has been so much fun and it's going to be something that's ongoing. So I think we need to have you on again. 
Absolutely. We didn't talk about your book. I didn't have the opportunity to read it. Um, And then you also, you have great services that you provide, both for job seekers and for entrepreneurs. So tell us a little bit more about all of that. Yeah. So JobJoy, you can find wherever you buy books. It's on Amazon. On Barnes and Noble, Target, all the places, and that is like the it's a it's a shorter book. It's a manual for you know really career happiness. If you are um, you know looking to change jobs, if you're looking to step up in your leadership at work, um, I have a program called Find Your Job Joy, and it's a comprehensive program: how to be happier now, how to figure out what you want, how to position yourself, and all the job search fundamentals. Then also getting off on the right foot. So that would be kind of the corporate track. And then I have job joy for entrepreneurs. And that is, you know, I help all entrepreneurs, but specifically those with corporate backgrounds. Okay. So many of us who have grown up in corporate, we're launching our own side hustles, launching our own I'm business. Like, no. That's a, yes, it's another positive effect of, you know, the past few years. And yet at the same time, the reason I love to work with people who have that corporate background who are launching businesses is we have a lot of specific bad habits we need to break about the ways we were taught to do things in corporate that are no longer going to work in my copies for me. (laughs) Right. And just, you know, even the way we see work, because what happens is if we're not careful, we, you know, leave our corporate jobs to have this life of freedom, to have our own business, to make more of an impact. And then we end up, if we're not careful, unconsciously recreating that same environment that we were Mm -hmm. trying to leave. Yeah. Were we tired of the the hours we were working and then we, we worked the same thing. Mm-hmm. That was the example I was going to give. Like, you know, I, I've always been a hard worker. It's always been something I prided myself on. But, you know, when I started my own business, I found myself, you know, even on one hand, keeping hours that were kind of corporate hours. I don't have to do that anymore. Right. <laughs> or, you know, working more hours than perhaps is healthy. And it's like, where did this come from? Why am I feeling guilty for taking a lunch break? Mm-hmm. And it's like, how good is my boss being to me? Right. <laughs> right. Which is me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, and there's a lot also that, you know, our strengths from corporate that will help us succeed. And so it's a, it's a special path um, that I think is a little bit different than just your, there's a million right. business coaches right. out there. Right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so those are kind of the tracks. You can go to findyourjobjoy.com. As you mentioned, um, on my website, I have a free LinkedIn tips uh, training, which will, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a job seeker, it will bring you through all the aspects of LinkedIn to really position yourself in a way to attract perfect for you opportunities or clients. Um, and, you know, the beauty of LinkedIn is that using the format they use, uh, or that they provide for you, it forces you to go through this mental exercise of figuring mm-hmm. out who am I, what do I offer, how can I position mm-hmm. myself, and then everything you learn in that training to position yourself on LinkedIn, you can leverage that everywhere else in right. your, your in-person conversations. If you're anywhere else on social media, on your website, so um, it's a it's a really helpful free training. If you're interested, go check it out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, and, and the one thing that that you mentioned that we, you know, we just went briefly over yeah. is you might like where you are, but yeah. you want something different with that company, you know, and, and so you help people with that too. And, and I love that because I think that happens a lot of times and people are like, you know, I, I like working here. I like the people. I like all of those things, but I want to be doing this. Um, you know, and instead, and so how can you position yourself to to get that promotion to change that role? You know, sometimes yeah. that's what happens is, you know, it's it's a totally different role. 
Yeah. And it's, it's, it could be redefining your current role. It could be, you know, changing to another department, but I'm not the quit your job coach. I'm the, you know, build a career Mm -hmm. that is aligned with you that supports your life coach. And so sometimes that does mean, you know, working within the current system where you already have the goodwill, you already have the reputation, you already have the flexibility that in a new benefits that come with being there for a long time, you have the benefits, people know you. And so there's a lot more that you can kind of get away with so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, which can be really helpful when you're, you know, when you're redefining your current job at your current company. Right. I love it. I love it. Well, Kristen, as I said, we need to do this again because this, it, 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 we are still evolving, you know, we're going to have to figure out what this new work environment is. And, and, and it's not that the key is it's not going to switch to something. It's just going to continually be evolving. And I think that's the challenge fun challenge in in doing all of this. And so we will definitely have you on again. But until then, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Hmm. I mean, the world is on fire now. I keep waiting. Maybe next year will be calmer. When are we going to have like a peaceful period, right? And it can be easy to use that and all just the stress and the news and the economy as an excuse or as a reason to say, I'll hold off or now's not the right time. Um, But I really want to invite people to see that now more than ever, we need more on purpose people. Um, And so I just want to encourage you to go after what's in your heart. Don't wait because the world isn't coming down anytime soon. And we need people who are in their gifts because it's not just the impact you're making in your work, but it's the ripple effect with everyone you touch. I love it. I love it. Well, I have been having so much fun talking with (laughs) from Job Joy. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.